you kind of have to tell it to them straight like they especially in the era of like social media and all of this like young people more than ever can read you like a book like they will know when you're lying they will know when you're being honest they will know when you believe in what you're doing and so I think his approach as much as it seems really intense especially at the start of the movie you're like who is this guy and what is he doing um you see that respect build and you can understand why it's such an impact not only on himself but the entire community Welcome to My Movie Story. I'm your host, Brian McAleer. This is the podcast where we dive into the movies that have shaped us. Each episode, we sit down with a special guest to discuss their all-time favourite film, the movie that changed their life, and the one film they think everyone needs to see. Get ready as we journey through the cinematic worlds that make us who we are. This is My Movie Story. My guest today is Jade Petrie. Jade is a 27-year-old who works in the space of youth work. She lives alone, so she spends a lot of time reading, binging movies and watching TV shows, and she loves a conspiracy theory or two. Please welcome Jade to My Movie Story. Well, welcome to My Movie Story, Jade. It's good to have you here. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yes, awesome, awesome. How's your day been? It's been good. Um, Not loving the storms, but I do love um, (laughs) wet weather. I'm actually... One of those people that prefers the rain and the sunshine. So yeah. I was in my element today, but I know a lot of people weren't super happy about it. No, no. And, and interesting fact, at the time we were recording this, it was the day of the massive Optus outage um, across Australia. Yeah. yeah so um, that caused a lot of havoc for a lot of us, including myself. And, you know, we had half the day with no phone or internet and then a storm came and knocked the power out for a while. So We've had everything happen today. It's kind of like doomsday sort of stuff, end of the world. But, I was going to say, yeah. the world is trying to tell us to get back to basics. I feel like it's so, giving us a hint at this point that we yeah. are on technology too much, which is yeah. ironic that we're filming a podcast on that day too. We are, we are. So they, they let us off the hook, but um, that's all right. Yeah, so so great to have you on the show. And um, we're going to talk about your three movies in just a minute. Uh, but yeah, tell us a little bit, of, bit more about yourself, Jade, and... Um, like, you know, what do you do and uh, what's what's happening in your world at the moment? Um, not a lot. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm, um, how I best describe myself? I've actually started saying to a lot of people recently that I'm very much an extrovert that has a very strong introverted side, which I don't know if technically in the personality schemes you're allowed to claim that. Um, <laughs> but I would say that for the most part, I'm an extrovert, but when I want to just be at home on my own on my couch reading a book with nobody around me, that's a very, it's like a do not bother me. That's, I need to be alone. I'm very much like that introverted, not going out vibe. So I'm starting a new personality trend with that, I think. Um, (laughs) I live alone. um, So obviously I have a lot of time to watch movies and TV shows and things like that. Um, and I work in youth work spaces as well, which might explain, and you'll hear a little bit later on about why I picked some of the movies that I picked. I think it leads a bit into the yeah. way that I live my life, actually, the jobs that I do. And yes. um, yeah, a bit about my personality, as I'm sure Brian found out while he was watching some of them. For sure. For sure. Yeah. So for people listening or watching, I've known Jade for a long time and she was a volunteer mm-hmm. For me uh, in a previous job that I've held and she's gone on to become an amazing youth worker so I'm, I'm very proud of her you know I've known her from her <laughs> early days um, and yeah when you told me the films you had um, 
to talk about. And then I, I watched a couple of them I hadn't seen. I'm like, ah, yes, now I get it. Yep. <laughs> so really, really keen to hear your thoughts on these three films. So we will start off with um, the film that uh, changed your perspective, as you like to say. And mm -hmm. uh, it's a sports film, uh, focuses on yes. basketball, uh, nearly 20 years old now, which is hard to believe. Uh, so, yeah, can you tell us the title of that film and maybe just set it up for us? Um, yeah, so the film is Coach Carter, which is a bit of a, a classic. Paramount Pictures and MTV Films present... What do I got to do to play? Hmm? Whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. One player triumphs, we all triumph, right? Woo! We're going to finish what you started, sir. Samuel L. Jackson, Rob Brown, Ashanti. I came to coach basketball players and you became students. I came to teach boys and you became men. This is our time. Coach Carter. Based on a true story of a person that grew up in a lower SES area in the United States of America. Um, and he comes back to coach his old high school team um, with his son on the team. And the part about the school is, as it's low SES, there is a lot of students who don't tend to make it past high school or even finish high school. Mm. Um, and his job as the coach is he comes in and he actually makes a real demand on education for the young boys that play in the team um, to actually get them to go on to college basketball, but not only just to play basketball, but actually to be upstanding citizens in their society. Mm. And I guess kind of change some of that um, kind of multi-generational trauma and multi-generational effects that have had a big impact on the area that they grew up in, um, yep. which is, yeah, it's pretty big, but also very funny and has a lot of great parts in it as well and some yep. stellar performances. Definitely, yeah. And and starring the man, Samuel L. Jackson, who everyone yep. will know and who looks like he he's looked the same for about 30 years. <laughs> looks like this guy doesn't age, you know what I mean? It's, I know. It's amazing. He's like the, you can't the, tell the era from watching a no. Samuel L. Jackson movie because yeah. it could be anywhere his, within that realm. I think that's part of his appeal that like you can – his films sort of had this timeless appeal because he just sort of looks the same <laughs> in oh, every, you know, he hasn't aged at all. <laughs> you know, it's incredible. Definitely since the, yeah. And um, he was great in it. You know, it was kind of a bit of a tribute to um, one of the real first films about a teacher, you know, trying to connect with students was called To Sir With Love, which starred Sydney Poitier. Mm. Have you heard of that film? No, I haven't. Uh, that's That was kind of one of the first and Sydney Poitier was, the first black actor to win an Oscar many, many years ago and um, oh. yeah, sort of kind of pioneered that film. But yeah, like every sort of decade, there's three or four kind of films about a teacher coming to a high school, trying to connect with the students that no one yep. was going to succeed. And yeah, this, this was that kind of story, but mixed in with, with basketball. So yeah. And, and how did you kind of first discover the film? Was it introduced to you or did, because you would have been quite young when it came out. <laughs> yeah. Nine years old or something, yeah. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Just real keen on Samuel Jackson from a young age. No, um, actually, to be fair, I think it's probably one of his more family-friendly roles in that he doesn't swear a lot from my memory in it compared no. to some of the things you see him in nowadays where that's 90% of his dialect. Yep, yep. Um, <laughs> well, I grew up with two older brothers, um, so I was the youngest of two. So as you can imagine, um, you had to have your wits about you growing up with older brothers because there was oh, yeah. fight, or, fight or flight the entire time um, <laughs> and they liked basketball and sports and so I think my brother 
would have started watching it. He grew up in like the end one era and like Nike and things like that. If you ever got into basketball culture, all of that kind of branding mm. and, you know, the Michael Jordan and all of that stuff. So yeah, yeah. he he would have watched it when I was a kid and I just idolized what my brothers watched and wanted right. to be that okay. kind of, you know, I knew all of the, the cool, like yeah. older boy stuff because that's what my brothers watched. Yeah. Um, and so I would have started watching it with my brother when I was really young. And then I think when I grew up, and started learning about more things in school. And when you were saying about other movies and stuff, I thought of like, is it Freedom Riders, that other mm. um, movie? Yeah, um, we studied that in school. Yep. And I just, yeah, the more I watched it, the more I liked the dynamic of the basketball, the coach, the relationship with the, the yeah. coach and the students. And just, um, I've always had a, a fascination with America, I think you could say. I did yep. study over there. Um, I went yeah. to college there for six months. So um, I just... Yeah, as much as I'm obviously terrified of their culture in some ways, I'm also like deeply fascinated by it. And I think it um, just kind of brings together a lot of those themes and interests for me. And obviously, like I said, it's yeah. incredible acting and a great story. And based on a true story will always grab me. Unless yeah. it's a horror film. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And he was such a, he was such a, like, almost ruthless in his uh, approach to making sure these players not just played their best game of basketball, but were academically successful as well and and he, he demanded a lot of them you know and they gave him a bit of attitude at the start but then he very quickly sort of broke them down and he's like I'm not here to mess about you know and uh like that first scene where he walks onto the basketball court and he gives them the contracts and one of them tries to pick a fight with him and he's he's just straight into action isn't he and he was like yeah oh, it's just the new coach don't out. mess with him that's yeah. right yeah. My name's on the wall. Like they you know you should know yeah. who I am. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And and as the years have gone on and you've watched this film, um, you've I'm guessing you've got a bit more of an understanding now on like his perspective working with these troubled youth and stuff. And, you know, being a youth worker yourself, do do you feel like a bit of a connection to that aspect of the film? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I actually think like the approach that he takes with the the guys in the film is like I think a lot of people would look negatively on it in the way that he is quite a hard ass um yeah. and does like lay the line down he's not afraid to tell it how it is yeah. um but I think for me there's elements of that that I feel like I bring into my work and especially working with young people when you're trying to often help them with topics and things that they don't want help on even though they need it yeah um you kind of have to tell it to them straight like they especially in the era of like social media and all of this like young people more than ever can read you like a book like they will oh, yeah. know when you're lying they will know when you're being honest they will know when you believe in what you're doing and so I think his approach as much as it seems really intense especially at the start of the movie you're like who is this guy and yeah. what is he doing yeah. um you see that respect build and you can understand why you know, um, Coach Carter, who it's based on, why he had such an impact not only on himself but the entire community. Yep. Um, and obviously that didn't go without pushback and yes. there was a lot of stuff yeah. with parents that were unhappy and the community that were unhappy and yeah. um, a feeling that they were taking away something from the students. But when you actually see how much it brings to them, mm. sometimes that, I don't really love the term like tough love, but I think sometimes you just have to, tell it to them straight you just have yeah. to be honest and yeah. like you just have to lay down the line that this is it yeah um and I actually loved that approach and, and took a lot from it especially in those situations where there is a lot online 
Yeah, absolutely. And like, and those are the people that affect the most change. They it's, they're not always liked or popular or understood, but he, he had this like vision and he's like, every student should have the, the right and opportunity to go to college and excel in whatever their passion is, you know, which, which he had done. And like the school and the parents and the community were so entrenched in this belief that we just have to get them through and keep them alive, you know, and that's good enough mm. sort of thing. And he's like, no, no, that's not good enough. You know, we're going to, we're going to change these kids' lives and stuff. And yeah. And it, it's, it's, a, I guess it, for anyone who wants to go and coach uh, an unruly group of teenagers or <laughs> do hardcore youth work, watch this film because, you know, this guy will, you'll learn a lot from how he handles them and, just the way he talks to them and uses basketball, like to teach them about life and relationships and all that stuff. It's very, really smart, isn't it? Oh, it is. Yeah. And I think what is one of my favorite quotes in there, which I actually didn't find out until a lot later on, isn't actually a quote from the movie. It's a quote from, a, I believe, a poet or a public speaker. Yep. And I'm not sure who it is, which is definitely not doing it justice. Um, <laughs> but there's a through quote that he's constantly asking the the young guys of the team. He's constantly asking them, what is your deepest fear? Yeah. And they make a lot of jokes about this, like, what is your deep, What is he talking about? What is my deepest fear? And then there is a, without any spoilers, um, there is a remarkable scene where, the boy stands up and he recites that, you know, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate, our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure and that it is yes. not our light, but our darkness that most frightens us and it goes on. Yeah. As you can know, know nearly all of it off my heart because I love that quote. And I so think, powerful, yeah. Yeah, and I even think in my own life, like thinking about there's so much fear and at the moment, you know, I'm about to move jobs and, and have mm. these big changes in my life. It's that thing of, are you afraid of not doing anything or are you afraid that you're going to achieve more than you could ever imagine? Like you yeah. actually have the ability to step out. And I think yep. in reflection of the film and that moment where that, you know, the student stands up and, and, and quotes that and they have this really big pivotal change. Yes. It just is like, I cry every time. <laughs> I yeah. can't even lie. I cry every single time. Yeah. I know it's coming. Um, really because it is. It's yeah. Just, yeah. It's putting it in the hands of these young people that never thought they had the opportunity or, the ability to do more than what they could. And I think that to anybody is such a special moment when you realise that like you, you don't have to be on earth just to live. Like you can actually do um, whatever you want and that can actually be more than you ever envisioned, which I think is yeah. pretty incredible. And it does say what some of the players go on to do yes. in their future and some of them go on to amazing things, which is yeah. pretty incredible. Yeah, it's that's really kind of the, the, the message of the film, isn't it? Like when that young guy recites that, speech and and um i'd heard the first just the first three or four lines of that before not the whole version so to hear mm. all of it was great and it kind of it's really the, the defining moment of the film and and um yeah and it doesn't end without spoiling it it doesn't quite end the way you would expect it to um mm. but you know the the basketball scenes are great you know as far as a just a basketball yeah. film it's really well made really well edited you know and i was reading about the film after i watched it and all the actors went through something like six weeks of intensive basketball boot camp and were oh, on the set for 12 hours a day, mostly just training on the basketball court. Um, mm. And then it was like, okay, start rolling in while they were just playing. And so, it, yeah, they, they got their butts kicked in that film, but you know, it, it's so authentic looking, you know, you, you watch the film and you're like, I was watching the basketball and I'm like, yeah, go, go. Like I was like, <laughs> it was so like a real it. basketball game. It was great. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. I, quite a funny little, um, tidbit I would I guess from that is that um like Channing Tatum is in it and yeah as 
um, you know, probably one of his first ever films. He was actually an avid basketballer growing up. Mm. And also one of the other, um, I think he plays Junior, which is really terrible in showing my knowledge of this. Um, he, the actor is also an actor in One Tree Hill, which is one of my favourite uh, TV shows of all oh, time. And in that, without any massive spoilers, in that his character actually becomes a sport-producing scene developer. Like he yes. goes on to making and developing and running the lines of how you would film a sports scene. Yeah. So I thought that was really funny that I was like, oh, this actor that way, way longer was in this movie where he was learning how to film because obviously they're all set up all the scenes are set up they have to set up a play and get them to act it out and play that play and you know that guy has to miss for that guy to get the shot and all of that but his character in another tv show like so many years later actually ends up doing that as a job yeah. it's quite funny to me i'm like it's a little roundabout circle but there you go. Um, yeah yeah he's and he actually has a basketball tattoo so i think he's also just an avid basketballer as well right yeah yeah and you can imagine for them making that film would have been a really life-changing experience too because you see the team and the chemistry between the guys on the team and it looks like they're, they're real friends you know what I mean and and yeah I love that about films when you know they've done all that hard work behind the scenes and it shows on the screen you know it shows in the performances mm-hmm. and the chemistry and all of that yeah and I think it was one of Samuel L. Jackson's best performances as well like it was he wasn't saying he's he's uh you know trademark mother you know what he says <laughs> <laughs> uh when he, you know, not even in Marvel films he says that. Although in one of the post-credit scenes he almost says it, but well, yeah, <laughs> you know, he's very close. <laughs> when he's disintegrating or something. But um, yeah, every other film it's like you're just waiting for him to work it in. But no, none of that in this film. It's, it was a really good performance from him as well. And uh, yeah, a real, a real, uh, a real surprise for anyone who's never seen it. Definitely check it out. So thank you for introducing me to Coach Carter, Jade. I really, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Um, great film. You're so welcome. Definitely. It's cool. like that's an accomplishment. Like that's a badge I should wear is that I got you to watch anything that was new that you hadn't seen before. <laughs> well, I haven't seen everything. Like a lot of people think I've seen everything, but <laughs> no one has seen everything. I've seen a lot, but there's a lot. That's true. Seen. There's more I haven't seen than I have seen, you know, so that like if there was less movies I hadn't seen than I had seen, then that would be concerning because I'd just be watching movies all day, every day. So yeah, but, that is very true. There's only 24 hours in a day. That's right. I mean, I can only watch four a day, but anyway, um, <laughs> that's that's pushing it but um (laughs) and they're all interstellar and they go for a really long time oh yeah yeah or kills of the flower moon which is apparently three and a half hours long so i don't know i might have to that that. reaches my limit (laughs) yeah that's pushing it yeah yeah you just don't drink a lot of coke when you're in the cinema i think (laughs) no i managed to make it through oppenheimer without going to the bathroom which i was very proud of myself about but yes yeah, that same. I think it's like three hours. So that's right on three any, hours. Yeah. Yeah. Anything more than that, I would have been like probably either asleep or like running out of the cinema. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, we might move on to your next film if we can, Jade. And and this one's yep. a, a very different film altogether. Um, mm-hmm. It's been done a few times, but we're going to talk about the most recent version of this film. So uh, mm-hmm. this is the one that you think um, everyone must see. So, yeah, I'm keen to know why you think everyone must see it. But firstly, tell us what this film is and what's it all about? <laughs> um, oh, how to explain what this one's all about. Um, so it's The Great Gatsby and, as we said, the 2013 Baz Luhrmann, Leo DiCaprio version. Kind of a row. Are you trying to cause in my house? 
Awesome. Um, I haven't seen the other ones, but um, based on also the the very famous novel as well um, from F. Scott Fitzgerald. So yep. people love the book. You'll love the movie if you can get through the book. Um, it's hard work. And so yeah. <laughs> it is, but also has one of my favourite quotes of all time. So we'll get to that. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's got so many themes and underlying stories, but essentially Toby Maguire's character plays Nick Carraway. And he um, moves to live in New York to, um, he is a, potentially wants to become a writer, but ends up walking on the Wall Street um, and kind of gets himself into the business hub of things and meets his neighbor, um, Mr. Gatsby, who is played by Leonardo DiCaprio. And he forms this like friendship with this, you know, notorious Gatsby that nobody knows who he is or where he came from or his backstory. Yeah. Um, and he just holds these lavish parties on this massive mansion on the side of a big um, body of water and then finds out there is a connection with Nick's cousin, Daisy, who lives across the pond, so it's bigger than a pond, I guess, lake. Yep. Um, yep. And there's a bit of a story about like that, how they know each other. And it's kind of like this whole movie is based around this like elusive Mr. Gatsby and like, mm. who is he and where did he come from and why is he here and what does he have to do with anybody and everybody? Yes. Um, and yeah, it, it's so many themes as well in it and so many undertones of everything. Like you read the book and it's just like messaging yes. in absolutely everything. Yeah. It's a reason it's one so of the it's... classic all-time novels, you know? Yeah. Yes. Yep. There's a lot to it, but um, yeah. And also it's Baz Luhrmann, so like it's so beautifully filmed and just oh, yeah. like bright colours and yeah. amazing transitions. The music is so well done. I think Jay-Z was one of the people that did the music on the film. So it's um, quite an interesting take based that it's like 1920s um, New York, but then there's this like really upscale rap and R&B and stuff that's in it as well. So very interesting. Yeah. Well, he's he's known for doing that, Baz Luhrmann, isn't he? Like especially with Romeo and Juliet and Moulin Rouge, how he has this, his his interpretation of some time and period in time mixed with modern music with a twist on it. So he's, He's really one of a kind. There's no other filmmaker like him, and his his films are so energetic, and it's like they just explode off the screen. And which was mm. an interesting way to portray this story because it's it's traditionally a very kind of straight laced serious drama. Um, yes, it's you know, it's, and it's quite grim. It's not. It is super. Oh. You kind of just read it and you're like, oh, mm. okay. But the movie makes it a lot more like. Yeah. Um, bright and colorful and yeah. light and airy Jazzes it up and beautiful. a little bit yeah Baz Luhrmann treatment yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I had to sprinkle that on the top for sure <laughs> yeah so had you read the book before you saw the film like was this a book in high school for you or had you just read it before or? not a not a book in my high school um but I am actually one of those people that I will vehemently refuse is that the right word? I think it is. Um, <laughs> but I will refuse to watch a movie if I can read the book first. Like, it's very rare that I'll watch a movie without reading the book first. And yeah. so um, one of my best friends growing up as well, she absolutely loved The Great Gatsby. She used to talk about it all the time. She's very into literary and now works in the literary space. Um, her birthday party was 1920s Gatsby theme. Oh, yeah. um, I always thought it was beautiful. And then when I saw this movie coming out, um, I was like, well, I want to read the story. I need to know what it is all about. And I think it did take me a bit of time to read it. And it's I'm, it's on my reread list. I need to reread it. But yep. um, I was just so fascinated by it. And then when the movie came out and I watched the movie, it was just yep. incredible. Like yep. it just draws you in from the second it starts. Like, um, yeah. And I think 
I also grew up loving Spider-Man, all iterations. I will put that yeah. out there. I like every single Spider-Man that has existed, although Tom Holland is actually my favorite. Yep. Um, and so to see Tobey Maguire step into a completely different role. Mm. Yeah, um, he was great in that as well. Was, yeah. Oh, it was yeah. incredible. And he's just such a good Nick Carraway. Obviously, I haven't seen the other um, iterations of the movies, but yeah. he just played it so well. And his yeah. voice is incredible. Like, I just, yeah. yeah. Because, because, yeah, Tobey Maguire is this, like, he's got that sort of everyman kind of quality about him. So, like, we, he's kind of like our guide through this world because he sort of mm. narrates it and he's, like, the conscious of, of the film. Because Gatsby is this very, like like you said, elusive character. He's larger than life. So, mm-hmm. of course, having an actor like Leonardo DiCaprio play him, who's probably, like, the great Gatsby in real life anyway. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he's known for living a very lavish lifestyle. He's, he's an enigma. Not much people know much about him. So it was mm-hmm. a really clever casting in that way um and filmed in australia as well being a baz Luhrmann oh, film yeah um, filmed in australia with a massively australian heavy cast as well yeah. i didn't even realize the depth of how many australians are in it until oh, i started heaps. yeah heaps. looking into it like other than you know isla fisher obviously um and like joel edgerton and yes. those kind he of people who good, are yeah. in the forefront um so many of the background little actors and stuff are all australian and mm-hmm. um even the kid that plays um, young Mr. Gatsby, Callum McCullough, I think his name is, who's been in a few other things. He's also Australian as well. Like, yeah. like it's really cool to see so much of it yeah. like filtered throughout. Absolutely, yeah. And Basil Lemon's great in that way because he he makes these big Hollywood productions with big stars in them, but he films pretty much all his, as far as I know, he does all of his films in Australia. Um, mm. His last one, Elvis, that was all filmed in Australia as well um, on the Gold Coast. Oh, wow. Yeah, because when Tom Hanks mm. was here filming it, he got he and his wife got COVID. And That's they're, right. they're isolated in some, you know, penthouse hotel room on the Gold Coast <laughs> for like two weeks. Not a bad place to be for COVID. I was but... going to say, wouldn't we have all liked to have been isolated in one of those? But you yeah, know. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. So he was. They were like among the first celebrities to get COVID that we we know of. So that was um that was all done in Australia as well. But anyway, I digress. That's nothing to do with <laughs> Great Gatsby. Yeah. But um, for anyone who's not familiar with, I guess, the story of Great Gatsby, I think you've explained it pretty well and. Um, I, I haven't seen the previous films as well. I think there was one done in the 40s or 50s and then one done and then in, one the in the 70s, 70s with Robert Redford as Gatsby because yes. he was like the Leonardo DiCaprio back then. Mm. Um, <laughs> but is this, I guess this is probably the version to watch really because it's it's so big and outlandish. But um, yeah, what, what, what are the other reasons people really need to see this film? Like what, what are they going to take away from it? Oh, um, it was actually really funny. I was talking to a friend at work the other day and I said, oh, I finally picked my third movie for this podcast. It's the one that I think everyone should see. And he was like, what is it? Like The Great Gatsby. And he's like, I haven't seen it. So now I need to see it. And I was like, and he's like, yep. why? I was like, that's a great question. Yeah. Um, a little shout out to your I, friend if he's watching this. Yeah, go yeah, watch yeah. The Great um, Hopefully he's watched <laughs> it by now. Um, I think... Well, for me, like I said, one of my um, favourite quotes is in it, and I think it summarises a lot of the Nick Carraway character because essentially Nick Carraway comes from not a really wealthy background. He's a pretty middle-class man. He moves to New York. He's staying in this little humble shack, which is actually like the most beautiful little cottage ever. Um, but in when you're next to the Mr. Gatsby mansion, it's yeah. tiny. Yeah. It's a few bucks. Um, and, you know, he's... Uh, cousin in the story is married rich into a, like quite a big uh, wealthy family and he's kind of watching this like 
the, the inside, he's like the outsider on the inside watching. And there's a few little quotes throughout that like I think speak to that. One of them is spoken at one of the parties where one of the characters says, I just love large parties. They're so intimate in little parties, there's no privacy. And mm. I always thought that was really weird. And then I was like, well, actually it makes sense. If yeah. you're in a small party, everyone sees everyone, you know what's going on. But Definitely. in these big grandiose parties, there's privacy and intimacy and um, things like that, which I think is so much of Nick Carraway's character in the story as well. Like he's watching these big, massive movements in Wall Street and these big businessmen and how yeah. like, these worlds work and he's just like on the outskirts um and then my favorite quote of all time uh, he speaks throughout the middle of the story when he's reflecting on how he's ended up in this penthouse in New York and he says um I was within and without simultaneously enchanted and repelled by the inexhaustible variety of life mm. and I think for me is just like so much of how I feel about life like you know, yeah. you're both so excited by all the things that can happen, but also so terrified and there's so much to be afraid of in the world. Yes. And you want to be in it, but you're also kind of on the outside of it a lot of the time, watching in on things. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it is, it's enchanting and it's repelling and he's experiencing this, what is a big, like a big part of the theme of the movie is the American dream and classism and all of this kind of stuff essentially because it's based in the 20s and particularly all that was going on in america in the 20s yeah the roaring um, 20s so it was it was pre-great depression it was like a, a good yeah. time everyone was making money it was yeah yeah and they kind of show the, the two sides of that as well in that um dr eckelberg i think his name is the big glasses on the screen you see him like the big sign of that um, mentioned briefly in the movie but in the book it's like he, that is kind of also the other side of Nick Carraway who always watches over this town um, and kind of knows everybody's secrets like this ever ever watching eye and it does it it has like um, Isla Fisher's character and stuff like that who live in this really tiny hard-working town where they're working on the trains constantly and they don't yeah. have a lot of money um, and then they drive across the rail line and they're in this big rich New York where they, you know, are larger than life and have money. So it kind of starts touching on that Great Depression coming in where they're trying to keep a hold of all their money and they talk a bit about how Gatsby got it from like background uh, ways yep. that he shouldn't have and backhanded deals and in the know kind of stuff. But also then there's this, this other side that people who are drastically poor who are just trying to survive um, and it shows the two sides of those as well. So yeah. so many themes in it but I think absolutely yeah I think overall to me it's just like a beautiful kind of telling of life yeah. obviously it's a very grandiose one but yes. I just love being led through this awakening by the Nick Carraway character who is um going back and forth in time of reflecting on his experiences and then talking um and um about those experiences and how the Great Gatsby came about and I just, yeah, as much as it's like great music, good to look at, um, mm -hmm. a great cast, it also just every time I watch it, I just think about like the impact that your life has and that like it is, yes, you can be within it and be surrounded by it and excited by it. And then you can be on the outside and you can be looking in thinking what is going on, what is happening, yep. um, things are happening around me. Yeah. Um, and that it kind is of plays with that a, idea that like our life isn't really our own. Like we, we think mm. we're in control of it and we hang on to all these things, but we're like, well, you know, what's, what's really important and what's, what, what's happening really in my life, the things that we don't pay attention to. So yeah, it, that quote, like you said, it, it's perfectly sums up what the story is all about, I think. Yeah. And what life's mm. all about. 
exactly yeah. and I just think it yeah it's such a beautiful portrayal of that and there's, there's obviously little subplots and stuff that I won't say because they will be spoilers um <laughs> but yeah I even think the whole story of when you find out who Gatsby is as well is just such a a beautiful and interesting story of a young man who ended up as this elusive human um yeah. and again not going to say anything to avoid any spoilers but <laughs> it just ends up being exactly what you would not expect um of that character and yep. I think the all the intertwining relationships and also just has this big this big impact part where you just have this like you can have it all yeah and still not have everything like it's... the money isn't everything and I think that's also one of the other underlying things that I love about it in that you know Gatsby throws these big parties but no one even knows who he is and why does he do it yeah. and then when you find that all out you're like wow he's just a human yep. who has lots of money um but he is just an ordinary guy who's just trying to find what a lot of people are in their lives. And I yeah. think that's also just such a beautiful way to tell that story in such a yep. unique perspective because you just want to hate everybody but love them all at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And with for a man who's got all the money and all the power in the world, he's he makes this decision. He's like, I want to get to connect with as many people as possible and and I want everyone to love me and I want everyone to know who I am and I want my life to stand for something. And that's all just very superficial. It's really when mm -hmm. he reconnects with the girl. Uh, I forget her name. Played by Baby. Kerry. Yeah, played by Carrie Mulligan. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And that he sheds all these layers then. And then, but that then sends him on this new path. And there's all these consequences after that, especially yeah. with some of the other characters who don't like him very much. Um, no. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's just, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's a very colorful big movie and uh i always find basil Lerman films like after you watch them I'm, you're just exhausted right? it's just yeah. it's an exhausting experience you're like wow it is, like it this is. guy he's, he's he must be on 20 cans of red bull a day you know but uh, then you see interviews with him and he's just very low-key so very, chill. very chill but those he's you know an incredible filmmaker you know it's mm. you never know what he's going to do next which is always the the good I'd thing i'd love about to watch films. him on the sidelines filming and seeing like how he how he makes it all work because mm. yeah but definitely Gatsby is exhausting it takes you through like a lot of highs and lows and it ends and you're like yep I'm sorry what um yeah. but yeah, I also yeah. Recommend, <laughs> yeah also recommend the book if anyone is interested um if you yep. want to read some old old school yep. literature I would say I don't know if it's that old school I actually don't know when it was written um, but <laughs> um, it was written around the time it was set, I believe. So I was going to say it would be about the twenties, the nineteen twenties. Yeah, pretty then. sure. Yep, yep. So but, he yeah. kind of a wrote lot of a lot scenes. about what was going on at the time. Um, F. Scott Fitzgerald. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So even if you read the Spark Notes, you'll probably still be confused. But that's also why I recommend it's one of those films that you just have to watch because yep. <laughs> if you Google it, you're just going to spiral into like this is four hundred million things, and then you watch it and you're just like, oh, it's a beautifully done movie. <laughs> It really is. Yeah, it is awesome. Great, great choice. Um, awesome. Well, we might move on to your last film now, Jade. And <laughs> I know this one is uh, has a very special place in your heart and mm -hmm. might sort of connect back to your younger years a little bit and what was going on for you. And um, and I'll be honest, it's not the kind of film I would seek out <laughs> to watch, but I, I can't be biased as the host of this show. I need to try and watch all the guests' movies. And I, I fitted in, I, I fitted it in. I managed to watch it last night and yeah, I was entertained. I, I quite enjoyed it. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> tell us what is this movie and what's it all about? Um, taking a swift 
left turn um, around the corner and through a roundabout to get to this one. Um, but it is Anger Songs and Perfect Snogging, a very yep. classic British um, coming of age story. So I believe it was directed or produced by the same person who did Bender Like Beckham. So that gives you yeah. any idea of like the kind of style of movie that it is. Yep. Such a clever, bright girl, Georgia. Have a look at this. I really don't need to learn about astronomy right now. Now, this is a new song I wrote. It's about Georgia. This year, life's biggest adventure is just beginning. I like you, Georgia, even though you are mad. Angus, songs and perfect snogging. Thank you and good night, Eastbourne. Rock on! <laughs> And I would say that aside from Harry Potter, in which when I went over to England, um, I had to do the studio tour and everything because it has a very strong place in my heart, although obviously don't stand for the author or any of their beliefs. Um, this was the other movie that when I went to England, I made a, <laughs> this is very embarrassing. Um, I made a pointed effort to take an overnight trip to Brighton so that I could see the house that it was filmed at. Right. Um, because it is, and people are probably going to watch this film and be like, I'm sorry, what? Because um, it realistically is such a nothing film, but it is just, it's just a joyous movie. Like there's yeah. no way that you can't not smile and giggle through the movie. Mm. Um, and essentially the, the story of Angus Songs and Perfect Snogging, as Brian found out, Angus Songs is not the name of the girl. No. Um, <laughs> Angus is the name of Libby, her sister's little cat, yep. um, who gets put in the freezer and dressed up in funny clothing all the time, yeah, the um, and plays <laughs> a bit of a starring role in the in the um, film. But yes. it starts off with this British girl who um, is about to have her, I think it's fifteenth birthday, because that's always confused me. I'm pretty sure in the book it's her fourteenth birthday, because it's also right. based on a book. Okay. Um, because yes. like in Australia, your sixteenth used to be the big thing, so I don't know why in England it was like her fifteenth or fourteenth birthday. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. she believes she's become a woman. Um, and as she exclaimed right at the start of the movie, I wear a bra now. Yes. Um, and so that defines her, like, entering womanhood. That's right. Um, yeah. And her parents um, are played by, I believe, two comedians, actually, two British comedians, and they are phenomenal in this movie. Oh, they were great, the parents, um, yeah. They're Hilarious. so funny, and there's yeah. so much chemistry. I think they've done other movies, potentially, together, other things together as well. Mm. Um, but the whole movie is based around her wanting this big party that her and her ace gang, her and her three best friends can have this amazing party. But along the way, these two cities, um, these sex gods as they're called in the film, um, appear at their school. They um, are a couple of grades above, so they're the older boys. Yep. And then the quest is to get the boys to fall in love with them um, whilst also being against some of the other girls at the school who are a bit more mature than they are. Yep. Um, and then all of the other fun, wild things that come with just being a teen girl and having a crush, yeah. that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's yeah. a wild ride. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And, and 2008 it came out, I think, around that Yes, time. I believe so, yeah. So you were like maybe 11 or 12 at the time, so perf perfect age really for, for you. Oh, perfect age, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> were you familiar with the books before the movie? Had you read the books as well? I read a couple of the books. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure I read them in the school library, so I was very happy that we had them. But I don't think I think there's quite a few, and I maybe only read the first and second one. I think their names are quite funny. So the book is titled 
Angus songs and full frontal snogging. And then the second one is like Angus songs and um, knickerbockers or something like that. Like they're all very funny <laughs> British slang um, yeah. stories. So yep. yeah, right in my perfect age. And to be completely honest, I could not tell you how I came about this movie. I have no idea in the world how I found out about this movie, but ever Just since, existed, like every, yeah. It, yeah, every single person in my life knows that this is my movie and that like I quote it constantly. Everyone knows it word by word because they've lived um, around me, and it's just like become (laughs) my movie. So right, right. um, What are some of your favorite quotes from the movie? (laughs) Oh, well, the one at the start, she says, "Libby, stop putting Angus in the freezer." Is very funny when she opens the door and the cat's there. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Right when she sees the boys for the first time, and she goes, "Twa, they are sex." God, thanks, God. Yeah, okay, great. <laughs> um, yeah. there is one scene, it's a bit not, I would say it's PG this movie now, but I'm thinking about how many jokes that I mean, you should give in the title, Anger Songs and a Perfect Snogging would give it away. Um, but there is a scene where a boy she asks, What's your favorite thing about a girl? and he says, Her nunga nungas, and she says, Why is that? and he says, Well, when you grab a hold of them and let go, they go, nunga, 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 nunga. and I just think that is like. <laughs> So embarrassing and so funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely. Typical like teenage boys who just oh, they've only got yeah one thing on their mind. Um, <laughs> there's a scene where there's fake tan that goes wrong, and the boy yeah. says, "Where your legs look like giant cheesy puffs." Um, <laughs> or yeah. another one where they're talking about the like popular cool girls, and she's like, "We've got something that she doesn't," and the girl responds, "Hair on the back of our legs." <laughs> I also just think. It's- <laughs> So yeah. funny um, for anyone that grew up worried about shaving your legs. Um, that's a little funny thing to think about. Of that. So there's just so many little, just mm. embarrassing, funny, yeah. very British um, yes. quotes in there, which is, and yeah. I cannot believe that I just quoted that one from that boy on a podcast. That's going to live forever. So that's embarrassing, but <laughs> I was at no more no. <laughs> all good, all good. Yeah, and as, and as far as uh, England goes, it's it's that, part of England that's always sunny and has a beautiful beach and um you know that's I guess a very small period of time in England when they get a summer when the summer comes and it's like yeah it's nice down on the coast but that's not what most of England looks like (laughs) so it's kind of this like romanticized version of what England is like but um yeah the summer you've got to be there at the right time of year and yeah there's Mm. definitely some nice towns on the south coast so so you went to the town you were saying you went and visited yeah so yeah. part of it is filmed in brighton yeah. um which is down near the brighton pier which is very um popular so the that house theme so when she's running up in her little olive costume to oh, the yeah. house um i went up and saw that house although i'm pretty sure it had paint, they'd painted them different colors um but there were still like these beautiful pastel colored houses in this street just off um the brighton pier um so a bunch of it was filmed there and i think a bunch was filmed potentially in the town over because it's not set in brighton um no it's set in somewhere else in the movie so but it was filmed there so I got to like mm. run along the little pier not in an olive costume but <laughs> I got to like run around with the um she's the lovely she's the lovely the song that's played at the start so it's also yeah. great music and it as well which helps a lot <laughs> absolutely I've done something similar like that I've, I've run up the rocky steps in Philadelphia and oh uh, that would be amazing Philadelphia Art Museum and uh it's tradition for the locals in Philadelphia when anyone's running up it they all like honk the horn and stuff like that Ah! (laughs) it was a really quiet day it was only one other person on the steps they weren't quite brave enough to run up they were like just walking 
And then I ran <laughs> past him and he started to run, but then he looked behind him. He's like, no, nah, I don't want to do it. No. <laughs> and then I got to the top and I did the famous pose and all of that. So, oh, that's got, so I've cool. got that picture somewhere. It might appear on the screen now. <laughs> there it is. It's right there. Um, yeah. So it's it's Brilliant. cool to go and visit scenes from your favorite movies. It's it's quite surreal, isn't it? Yeah. It is. Yeah. And I um I went back to my hotel room and I watched the movie and it's just like one of those moments where oh, I like made it to England and I'm here yeah. and in this place where one of my favorite films has been filmed. And then ironically um, on the TV was the Inbetweeners 2, which is um, for those who know or don't know, um, Inbetweeners is a British sitcom. And so the second movie is actually the British guys go to Australia on holiday. So I was like, this is also quite funny that I'm the Aussie in England yeah. Yeah, and now yeah. I'm watching the Inbetweeners 2 happens to be on TV so um, of them in Australia, which was very funny. But um, yes. yeah. yeah, it's just such a beautiful coming of age story and just yeah. lots of giggles, lots of funny quotes yeah. um, and just so much embarrassment about it. And I think I think anyone who... Um, didn't have a, you know, I think anyone who wasn't a supermodel as a kid is going to watch it and be like, I relate to this. Like, Absolutely. I remember that time that my mum told me that apples give me wind in front of my um, crush. That was really embarrassing. So, <laughs> and also um, for those of you who love great actors, it's Aaron Taylor Johnson, who is now huge. I just recently rewatched Bullet Train. Yeah. Um, yeah I think it was star. one of his first movies, potentially. Mm. One yeah. of the first, if not Possibly, the first. Yeah. So yep. he looks very young and he's very young. gorgeous in it. He's the most beautiful, kind-hearted character, um, but also a cool little – because now he's just like this mammoth, like I would say pretty big Hollywood star. He was in oh, yeah. um, The Avengers. He's yep. been in this new movie that looks a little bit not great, I'm not going to lie, where he gets the bear blood or something in him oh, and he yeah, yeah. animals. Kraken or something like that or – Something like that. Um, superhero. H- yeah, it hasn't appealed to me massively. Um, but oh. yeah, even with Bullet Train and Kick-Ass and a bunch of other movies that he's yeah. in, it's so funny. Rumor has it, him. he might be the next James Bond as well. Mm. I have heard that he is mm. in the front line, which I think would be... Yeah, I think it's between him choice. and Henry Cavill is the latest rumour, but yeah. Henry they, Cavill. They always throw out these name, big names and then some other actor you've never heard of rocks up. Yeah, will appear. And yeah. then end up being known for that forever, like Daniel Craig, who then went yeah. and did La Fung in, um, what was it called? The, oh, the Knives Out. The Knives Out. So yeah. my, I got, my dad watched it and he's like, what was Daniel Craig doing? What was with that accent? I was like, he purposely did that because he was like, I want to be the furthest thing from James Bond. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to go and great. be a Southern guy. Yeah, he was great in those movies. They're really he good. Was incre- yeah, incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. So hopefully Aaron Taylor Johnson goes on. I can say that I was there at the start when he yeah. when he began his career if he then becomes James Bond. <laughs> we never know. We'll watch this space. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, cool. Well, I think, you know, we've, we've gone on a bit of a... a journey with your film uh, basketball in in the the hood of la to 1920s new york and then uh 14 year old english girls uh talking about kissing and like we've covered everything so you know (laughs) yeah all the eras all the topics all the themes three countries it's done it all we have we've we've ticked we've ticked all the boxes so technically two but you know Australia, we'll count it. Filmed in Australia, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so, yeah, thank you for telling us the story behind your three films, Jade. And and just in wrapping up, um, anything you're 
looking forward to or any other honorable mentions um, movies or tv what what are you watching or what should we be watching <laughs> that is a great question what have i watched recently that was really good black bird was incredible on apple tv um with okay. karen yep with karen edgerton um quite short mini series um about a crime boss kind of story about prison so that one was really really interesting and i loved that also hijack with idris elba um oh, yeah. My boss got me onto that one. I think that one is also potentially an Apple TV, okay. um, but it is about a plane that gets hijacked and it just Elba is on there. And it is just a phenomenal story. Um, I think that's really, really good. Uh, and then I love reality TV. So I'm really excited for the next episode of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, um, <laughs> which I know is embarrassing to admit, but I love and that's it. That's all we have time for today. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was Real Housewives. Sorry, you cut out there on that one. Um, <laughs> you said one of the new Marvel movies. <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. That's right. Yeah. No, that, yeah. no, great. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Yeah, I think it's um, there's so much to watch, isn't there? You know, and uh, oh, it's overwhelming, honestly. Absolutely. Yeah, and and where does that kind of? I mean, it's hard to compete with TV these days, um, for movies. But um, just one other question, um, I, I ask this of most people on the show is the future of movies. Like, is there anything you'd like to see more of, less of, you know, what, what Ooh. could be the next big thing? You know, what, what are your theories on where movies could go? That's a really good question. I also realized I answered your question with only TV shows, which, um, that's okay. <laughs> something. You're, but, you're uh... forgiven. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> the future of movies. I think. It's a hard one because it does almost feel like everything's been done um, in a way. Like I was loving where Marvel was going, particularly with um, Taika Waititi, I believe I said that correct. Um, yeah. But then we we're talking about it at work the other day and I was like, you know, it started to lose that feel now of that like, yeah. you know, comedy action. It's like a bit lost. Yeah. Um, I just recently went and saw the new Thor film and whilst I thought that was amazing mm. it is also the 10th one so um yeah, there's yeah. only so much you can go about a franchise That's it. Yeah. unless you're fast and furious and you end up in space um there's okay. not much more you can go to although yeah. i will stand by that franchise for life and yeah, i will stand yeah. by the third one is the best one even though oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, tokyo drift is the best we've just but... had an episode with um rebecca um and fast five was was her favorite in the series oh, wow yeah. curious yeah. Um, so I think for me, I'm really excited to see, and I know you and I have talked about this a bit um, off camera, but um, the Talk To Me movie that's come out, the Australian, mm. um, you know, thriller movie. Yep. So I think I'm kind of excited to see that genre, where that goes. I think with that's Thor really 10, good. I'm kind of potentially thinking that hopefully, no offence, but that franchise kind of leaves it be for now. Yeah. Um, and I'm just, I haven't watched a good scary movie in a while that's really made me scared, um, which says something because like Hereditary came out and all of these things in midsummer, which was, that was a journey in itself. Yeah, um, yeah that's an But <laughs> all of these things I've watched on my own, which to me is the telling sign of whether it was good or not. If I can watch it on my own and not be super scared, then I have a bonus <laughs> job. So I'm very excited for the next scary movie and where that genre goes because like yeah. we had the era of the conjuring and paranormal activity where yep. there's ghosts and ghouls and things you can't see were all really big mm. um but now we've like fright fright night Freddy, Freddy, friday something yeah it's out at the moment it's in from hunger games that one um yeah, yeah with those coming out i'm like okay where are we going here so i think 
Yeah, and hoping that the future is starting to recreate and go back to the horror genre. I think we've missed out on that for a long time. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. And the good thing about the horror genre is it's always there and um, mm-hmm. always relevant. It's not always good. And then sometimes you'll have <laughs> something that will dominate it. Like it was, you know, the Saw films, it was one every year for a while. And then, like you said, Paranormal Activity, Conjuring is, was pretty good. The first couple were really mm. good. So, yeah, we can't talk to me, I think, has the potential to take horror in an interesting direction um and the fact that's an australian film too is um awesome so hopefully that uh shines a spotlight on australian filmmakers a bit more because it was a really it's a really solid movie like i was mm. really impressed with it so um definitely I've heard that it's, yeah i've heard it's amazing and the main um actor zoe something i can't remember their name um was in wentworth and is in incredible um yeah. actor oh so yeah the performances just, are great yeah yeah i'm just really excited to see it but yes yeah, that's my hope i want another big franchise to come out that like shakes the horror yeah psychology thriller space yep absolutely and get more people back into the cinema and on a on a friday night a packed cinema watching a good scary movie where everyone oh. screams and laughs and comes out a buzz yes. talking about it you there know, is that's you can't beat that nothing so. Yeah, there is nothing better than like deep silence of a cinema where everyone is just like, you know something is going to happen and yeah. you can just hear like a pin drop and then it happens and you just gonna like everyone does it at the same time. I love that feeling. Absolutely. I think it's just like nothing beats it. It's, no. it's, a, it's a real thrill. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I might just be hopeful, but I think movies are kind of tipped for a bit of a comeback like in the next couple of years. I think we're going to see a bit more of that that kind of the, I think the isolation of us just watching all these things on our phones and tablets by ourselves is is convenient, but we're, I think we're missing that experience. And as we come out of COVID a bit more, I think people are starting to feel a bit more comfortable returning to some of those things. And, you know, it might just be idealistic, but, you know, I, I hope that's where it goes. And I think I can see it going in that direction. You know, I've, I've, I've seen a lot of movies over the years come and go and I've seen the movie industry change and all of that. So mm-hmm. it's about time something came along and shook it up again. So, yeah. Anyway, you heard it here first, guys. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Jade, have, uh, we've decided what's going to happen. So We've predicted the future. Yeah. Um, yeah. These 5D screens that surround you completely are going to take over and you're yeah. going to be immersed in a horror movie. And it's going to yes. be great. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, more <laughs> horror films and good horror films if any director yes. is listening. Please. I know they're not listening, but anyway, maybe in 50 well, years they'll watch this. And, yeah. It all started out as two young guys from, you know, Australia that just wanted to make a cheap horror film. So, you know, someone could be listening and just yeah. have that one idea. That's it. That's it. They've probably stolen our, our ideas and they're making millions of off them right now. So, uh, yeah, we should have copyrighted it, but too late now. But, um, uh, anyway, uh, we've gone off track a bit, but thanks, Jade. It was great to have you on My Movie Story and great to chat to you again. And, you know, um, thank you for your films and your stories. And um, just last final question, because I know it's a really hard choice to narrow down three. What were, just out of curiosity, what were the other, other films you were thinking of talking about today? Any other honourable mentions? Oh, I mean, Harry Potter as a franchise is a big one, but as I said, you know, bit. um that at the moment i do love the avengers i think the avengers are great Mm. thor is one of my all-time favorite um franchises also alongside fast and the furious tokyo drift and that whole franchise i think as well um i do love my fair lady taking it really old school i Ah. think that movie um audrey hepburn is just Mm. beautifully done Mm -hmm. um although a lot of those movies are very questionable now that we actually think about it but yeah um, updated 
Mm. Yeah. So yeah, things like Greece also was up there. That just has so many like core memories for me um, growing up with my mum. So yeah, I kind of watch a big genre of a lot of different stuff. So it was very, I think I could have done a top 10, if not a top 20. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, we can always always have you back for another episode. (laughs) It's been great. So yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot, Jade. And uh, yeah. um, Enjoy whatever next movie you watch and yeah, thanks for being on my movie story. Thanks for having me. I had a lot of fun. I'm keen to rewatch my favorite movies now. <laughs> awesome. All right. Take care. I'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.